EA, have you heard of this Yanny or Laurel debate? Pardon? All right, EA, what do you hear? What do you mean? Laurel. 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 Get out of here. Laurel. No. Laurel. <laughs> no. Laurel. Laurel. <laughs> Yanny. Yanny? Yeah. Laurel. 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 I don't get it. That's but some kind of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> the game is over. The New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Can't wait. You're listening to the official New York Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. Jets Nation, what's going on? Ethan Greenberg and Eric Allen here in studio again on the official Jets podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at E. Allen Jets. You can follow me on Twitter at E. Greenberg Jets. EA got a smile on his face today. Hold it. Did you change your Twitter handle again? I told you I changed it. It was, it was soon to be E. Greenberg Jets. Yeah, but this is the first time you've announced it. It is E. Greenberg that, Jets. The changed handle. At me. Don't get confused with E. Greeny. Don't get confused with anybody but E. Greenberg, Jet. <laughs> Man, it's hard to keep up with you. How yeah. do people follow you? Oh, well, I mean, you can still search. Uh, you know, nothing's changed other, you know, other than the fact that I rearranged the Ethan Greenberg part to E. Greenberg as opposed to Ethan Green. So we're good now. I we're th- locked and loaded. We're not changing it. It's Sharpie. Put it in the book. I'm glad you took off the greeny handle because a lot of Jets fans out there think a green, a certain, another Greenberg, and uh, who's referred to often as Greeny. Well, maybe I should change it back then. No, I, th- <laughs> I think you have to be your okay, own well, you. I'm, yeah, okay. you can follow me on Instagram at E Allen Jets. Well, can <laughs> I? Uh, can I put in I, E Greens because you call me Greens? Yeah, I wouldn't mind E-Greens. All right. Did you see my collage the other night after a big storm here in Florida Park? I, that was, that was I pretty good. I, I hit up the victory tree. Beautiful sky. I did not. Where did you watch post, on out? Instagram? Watch out, Dan. You posted it on Instagram? Heck yeah. Dan is, <laughs> and is also known as NY Jets Photog on Instagram. You should follow him as well. We have a great show today. We're talking to Willie Cologne. He does a lot of stuff. SNY, Barstool Breakfast. Truthfully, we're going to talk about tear-jerking movies. He's a, a monster. He, he's a big guy, but you know, he, monster, he got choked yeah, up at the yeah. movie theater. we got to talk to him He's a big-time Yankees fan. Oh. Did I'm you a, know that? I'm a, yeah, I did. I'm a Mets fan. He's but, got, I mean, he's from the Bronx, so it makes sense. Yeah. A world of personality. I'm very happy for Willie that uh, he's getting a chance to showcase all his skills. Because SMY is more your typical football yeah. platform where you can talk about the Jets. But Barstool allows yeah, he him... At SNY, wears the suit and tie, and then Barstool, he takes off the tie, he loosens up a little bit, he eats know, breakfast tacos in Times Square. Do they? Yeah, he did that once with a, with one of his co-hosts. I've never done breakfast tacos before. No, me neither. Did he do it from off a truck, or is there a certain no, place no, in he Times just, Square? No, no, he's just like a, like a public seating area, and they just set up a, a camera and whatnot. I'm not a big breakfast guy. I like to have a protein bar or something like that. But I guess if you're on vacation, yes. I mean, sure, I'd have a breakfast burrito. Sure. Okay. Well, let's run through some breakfast options because I'm curious now because you're not a breakfast guy. Not a big breakfast guy. or waffles? Um, Probably waffles. Yeah, to think about it. That's okay. And what if I said French toast? Does that change it? Once in a blue moon. Okay. What do you go with? It. On the weekends, if I'm making breakfast, 
Yeah. Making three eggs, fried, over medium, chicken sausage, a big glass of H2O, and uh, maybe a glass of orange juice. Well, Greenberg's a big cook. I am we, a big cook. We do, not, we do know that. But I'll tell you what, somebody who's very versatile himself is big old 66. That's Willie Cologne. All right, let's bring on former Jets offensive lineman Willie Cologne. But I don't want to talk about football just yet. Let's talk about Barstool Breakfast. <laughs> Willie Cologne is on the radio daily. How much are you enjoying it? What is the concept of the show? How did this all come about? Uh, I was able to get the call by Julie Stewart Banks, uh, the host, uh, the former host of the show. Um, so. She gave me the nod. Uh, you know, I was looking to kind of, you know, get on somewhere, and I had worked with her previously. And you know, now, you know, we're doing a show. It's pretty much like a sports variety show. We talk about all the top headlines, and uh, pretty much go all over the place. And uh, it's a lot of adult language, so uh, don't bring the kids on. Uh, it's only for adults, and uh, you know, it's good. It's fun. Hey, your buddy Nick Mangold, who recently formally announced his retirement, told me. He listens to the show every morning, but sometimes he's got to turn the station, Willie, because the language goes to another level. Well, I was never uh, one to be painted as a priest, so it's kind of it's a shoo-in for me. Uh, but yeah, we you know we get a little we get a little hot and heavy. We get kind of get a little a little wacky, but it's good. It's good content. It's fun, and we just try to make it entertaining for everybody on their morning commute. Have you broken down Yanny versus Laurel yet? <laughs> No, we haven't broken. We talked a lot about it today, uh, but so we got a lot of great calls on it, and uh, I think there's a conspiracy theory behind that thing, man. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> well, what do you mean conspiracy theory, Willie? I think the government's testing something out, man. They're trying to do something wacky. Okay, so what do you hear? Man, when I first heard it, I heard Yanny. Now I'm hearing Laurel. What? This is crazy. No, no, there's something wrong it, here. I, 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 yeah. We just did it in the we, studio. Yeah, we literally just did and, it. And I heard this, Willie. Laurel, Laurel, Laurel. Yeah, yeah but, but I, I heard Yanny, Yanny, Yanny. When I was in the station this morning, uh, they played it for me, and I was like, yeah, I hear Yanny. And then like 20 minutes later, I heard Laurel. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so it's a uh, thing is, is, is dividing our country. Is this similar? Do you remember when uh, a couple of years ago is the two-color dress was the dress white yeah. and gold or purple and blue? Is you, you think, was that a government test then too? Yes, there's just another phase to the government <laughs> test. Yeah, one was visual, one's audio, the next one's going to be something else. And there you go, we got to watch out. Willie, you also work at SNY, and you're still covering the Jets, but uh, do you really like this platform as far as Barstool is concerned? Because you just don't necessarily have to talk Jets or the NFL. You can touch on entertainment, you can touch on pop culture. You know, that landscape uh, is wide open for you guys to pick wherever you want to go. Yeah, I was extremely, uh, you know, it, it's funny because Dave Partnoy and Eric Nardini, you know, they're Pats fans. They, they're diehard Patriots fans. And they've been able to kind of have the show and have the platform where I can pretty much show my range, where we can talk politics, we can talk life, we can talk sports if we need to. We just, you know, talk anything about anything. And I think the premise of Barstool is, uh, you know, it's the common man, it's, it's by the common man for the common man. And it goes to, you know, it's a bunch. Of, it's easy, easy dialogue. It's, it's it's pretty much dialogue. You can talk to somebody on the train with, uh, or, or just sit at a bar and just, you know, it's kind of that type of verbiage and 
uh, talk. So it's good. And a lot of people, you know, the demographics, a lot of young kids are college kids, and they like it. We get crazy. And, you know, it's important to kind of have those type of shows because, you know, it's easy to find out, listen to the ESPNs or the Fox, but you can tune into something and, and really, you know, get that hot take or, you know, we'll, we'll make you laugh next to the coffee pot on your way to your cubicle. So we, we kind of have that type of satire humor, and it's working right now. Or you can eat tacos in Times Square. You can eat some breakfast tacos in Times Square in the 23-year weather. Yes, you can do that. Oh, yeah. so, so listen, Willie, uh, you got to be getting up early nowadays to do breakfast, uh, barstool breakfast. What time? Yeah, I'm up, yeah, I'm up at 4, 4.30 in the morning, uh, and I pretty much uh, get ready for the show around 7. So it's, uh, i got to space it out that way. Do you guys have a little production meeting before you go on the air at 7? Yeah, so we try to, what we do is, you know, we try to kind of just, They'll line up the show about topics we want to talk about, topics that we feel that people want to hear. And uh, I do a good job of just trying to just, you know, just just kind of a little. If, if we're talking sports, we're talking about obviously the Cavs and and and, and you know Boston. If we're talking, you know, life, we sometimes we're going to the Trump thing. Sometimes we go about dating advice, or sometimes we're just, you know, we're talking about Yanny and Laurel, just wacky stuff. So it's it's, it's good, man, and I think people appreciate it because they don't. You know, they're not waking up hearing the same old thing all the time. That You know, we're, we're going to talk about life experiences, things we've, you know, we've been through and things we've dealt with, and, uh, you know, people appreciate it. And it's a national platform, so I'm extremely, extremely grateful for that. Hey, is Portnoy giving you the proper respect that you deserve, even though you did play for the Jets? Uh, you know, obviously he can't stand the Jets, and I can't stand the Pats, so it's a little bit of the Hatfield and McCoys right there, but... Uh, he's a he's a great dude. I mean, what he's he's given, he's allowed me to come in and, and be myself, and he's allowed uh, a lot of other guys in our office who you know don't ever necessarily want to be pigeonholed into sports to kind of come on and you know and show their comedic talent and show their world point of view, and, and it's it's working. A lot of people believe in it. Uh, a lot of people love. I run into stoolies all the time. That's what, that's what we call our fan base yep. stoolies. Uh, and they're able, you know, they brought up to me and I was like, man, I didn't, I didn't know a lot about you when you played, but I love you now. Or I run into the person, oh, I loved you when you played, but I even love you more that you're on Barstool. So I, I get mixed reviews. EA brought up your relationship with Portnoy and Jets Pat. So I, I was just going to use that as a segue to talk to football if EA's okay with talking ball yet. We can talk a little bit of football. Or you want to talk about the Royal <laughs> Wedding? Well, no, I, listen, I think, uh, uh, Megan Markle, that was that's a good pick, good selection. <laughs> that, uh, and that I, is a good pick. And I hope uh, I don't think anybody gonna argue that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's dive in here to some Jets-related topics. Willie, you know, being a former offensive lineman, you obviously have a unique perspective given what's happening here at One Jets Drive. That Sam Darnold is in the quarterbacks room now, number three overall selection from a chemistry standpoint with offensive linemen. What is the most difficult? Thing for a young quarterback to learn making the jump from college to the pros? Uh, just just getting acclimated, just being comfortable in his own new shoes, if you will. I think, you know, verbiage and language is big. You know, he's probably been, I know he's only played two years at USC, but he's he's probably much, pretty much downloaded the USC playbook. So the verbiage, the cadence, and how he's going about things is going to be way different for him. Uh, and up with the Jets. Now, I know Jeremy Bates will probably do a good job of trying to customize some things for him uh, where he can feel a, he can get going a lot faster. But, you know, the speed of the game is different. Um, the demand in the huddle is different because he's not going to, you know, he's, he's going to have to be able to communicate. He's going to be relatable. 
Um, and he's going to have to look a lot of guys in the eye, and, and he's going to have to kind of win their respect. Uh, and that's not through words. That's just by how he goes about his business, you know, how detailed he is on the field. And, you know, if guys can feel like he's, he's the one, and that's going to take time. He's not going to get that in a mini camp or a training camp. He's going to get that through the season and as things go on. So, uh, and, you know, whenever his number is called, he's just going to have to produce and produce at a, at a, at a very high level. And, you know, guys will start believing in him. Willie, I'm going to paraphrase here, but Jets veteran left tackle Calvin Beecham said the other day that we'll find out about Darnold, more about Sam, after he gets hit in the mouth. Uh, yeah. It, would you concur with that assessment? 100%. I think it was a very fair statement. I think Beecham was just pretty much saying, you know, everybody looks good in, in, in T-shirts and shorts, but until you get hit, until you get knocked down, until you, you know, have to sit in the pocket and make the throw and get blasted, you know, how you respond out of that, it, it, it tells a lot about your character and how you built. Now, you know, Darnold came into this draft with the, with kind of the, the the notion of being, you know, a blue-collar kid. He, he he made that great statement of throwing in the rain and uh, saying all the right things in the press. Doesn't have the type of uh, boxy of, uh, of Josh Rosen. But, you know, when you're playing in cold weather, it's going to be, you know, when you're in New York, it's going to be cold and, and it's December and, you know, the line's banged up and, you may have to take some hits that game to get to get the W. How do you respond? You know, are you going to be a guy to complain if you know if you get hurt or things have gone the world? So, I think Beecham's pretty much you know a guy who's been there, done that, played uh, obviously with the Steelers and, and Jaguars, and now he's with the Jets. He goes, there's, there's going to be some things you're going to have to just fight through, and your body language and how you respond to things tells a lot about you, and also may tell a lot. Uh, you know, it tells the locker room and the guys in that locker room. You know, if you're their guy or not, because you remember years ago, remember how Cutler responded to after he hit towards MCL, uh, and I think it was like in a playoff game, and, and he didn't want to come back out. Now you look at Ben Roethlisberger or Brady or some of these guys who've been through some serious injuries, knocked down, dragged around the field, get up and win games uh, despite the, the, the conditions they're in. So it's it's a lot, and I think it's a very it's a very good statement. I think it's a very responsible statement. Because, you know, if you're going to be the first rounder, you're going to be the franchise chaser, people are going to have to know you're built for tough, so to speak. And uh, the only way to prove that is by getting hit in the mouth. Uh, Willie, you're a guy's guy. You also were a player inside that locker room that people always looked to as a voice. And also the offensive linemen are a tight crew. How does a young guy go about earning the respect inside that room? Uh, just be accountable for, for what he says and how he goes about his business. You know, offensive line play, quarterback play, it just has to be extremely t- transparent. Guys are willing to go through a wall for a guy. Um, if he's honest about what he wants and you know, what he's doing, um, they'll respect the guy a lot more if he's telling it like it is. He's not, you know, he's not kind of just giving the company lines or, or he's pointing the finger. And that's the biggest thing that happens. You know, when then this is just any position. If you're a young guy going into the league, you you judge a guy about his character. Is, is he telling the truth? Is he pointing the finger at the next guy? Or is he pointing at himself? You know, that's what makes Josh McCown so great because he's able to day after day talk about the mistakes he needs to get better at and the things he does. But when he's given credit, he's talking about the guys up front and how much they mean to him and how they have that open line of communication and how you know he's out there trying to. You know, win games and move on to the next play, but sometimes he has to wheel in James Carpenter, and sometimes he has to go, you know, calm down, you know, uh, 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 Brian Winters. You know, that's a guy who understands the temperature of the game and his offensive line 
and he also knows those guys. It's good to know the guys who are out there with you because that helps you as a quarterback. And I think so for Sam, um, you know, he has a lot to learn from Josh in that manner of, you know, as a young kid, you just want to, because, you know, Sam kind of, from my understanding, he kind of has this uh, quiet demeanor. He's just, you know, a lunch pail guy, goes and does his job, goes about his business. And I think Josh has that same attitude, but I think Josh also understands is I got to get to know these guys. I got to get to know my receivers. And sometimes that could be done off the field, or sometimes it could just be having a casual conversation during breakfast, getting to know people, see little things that work for them. Because each guy, you're going to have to lean on some type of way during the season. And if you have open lines of communication and you feel like they know you and you know them, you know, guys are really to stand up and go to war with you. That's what I was going to ask you. Does it have to be natural? Of course, you don't want it to be manufactured, but I'm saying, Willie, take me inside the locker room. You're a veteran offensive lineman. Here comes a 20-year-old kid. You know he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders, and he also wants to be respectful, but he also has to show leadership qualities as well. So there's that kind of fine line. In that position, do you want a guy as a teammate to say, hey, just come up to you for a little bit of advice? Do you want him to say, hey, offensive line, let's get together off the field? How does that all work? Yeah, you want to see those leadership qualities, getting to know the guys, maybe take them out for a steak dinner, uh, maybe sit around a fire, have a cigar and a beer type of situation. But also, a lot of the guys just want to make sure you're not a distraction, too. You know, you're coming from Hollywood. Uh, you play that UFC. Uh, there's, there's a certain type of statement that goes along with that. They want to make sure that you're mature enough to be in certain situations. They don't have to ask questions about your character and how you go about your business. And then if you are in front of the media, you're not selling out players or or or, or coaches that you you know you're standing in line. And as far as you know, kind of building that rapport, that's going to take time. But they want guys want to feel like if they're working out and running and doing extra stuff and they're figuring out in the field room, they want to look to their left and right and see their quarterback right next to them. So they want to feel like you're a part of the team and uh, a part of the the unit, so to speak. And every quarterback I've been. Uh, with, you know, when anytime there was a, if we had a film session in the office line or, you know, if it was me and Brick sitting in the room kind of going over some stuff or watching a guy, you know, Fitzpatrick would go in there, sit right next to us, and he would, he would have casual conversations with us. Or, you know, those type of little moments, you know, they go a long way because we don't, you know, sometimes you, we don't always know what the quarterback's thinking. They don't always know what we think. We may know what we can do and how we should go about things. But little intricate details will go a long way. So for him, he doesn't have to be an all-pro in his first year, but he has to get to know his personnel uh, and the guys around him, Quincy and Newmore, get to know Bilal Powell, see how they think, see what operates, see what works for them, see what doesn't. And sometimes that's just sometimes it's due to pure osmosis or sometimes it's just by conversation uh, of just asking the guy. And, you know, I'm pretty sure Sam knows that, and I'm pretty sure Josh uh, will coach him up and kind of help him navigate through the locker room. But, from you know all the reports I'm hearing from guys that I've you know obviously I keep in contact with, they like him, but you know it's still a lot to be seen. Yeah, he's 20 years old. He's going to be 21 in June, so he legally can't have that drink until June. So maybe I'll have to hold off on taking the whole line out until maybe uh, they, uh, a day off in training drink camp. Of water, that'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Willie, having someone like Josh help mentor Sam, you know, can you kind of take us behind the curtains? What what a mentor can help a mentee from, you know, not, not so much that what the world can see, but, you know, in the meetings and behind the curtain, you know, how much of a help will Josh McCown be to Sam Darnold? 
Well, what he can do is pretty much tighten the scope, right? And, and, and that aspect of teaching him what he should be hearing, teaching him what he should not be hearing, um, how he goes about his business uh, as far as in and out the huddle, um, how he prepares first and foremost. You know, is he getting up early? Is he hitting the weight room? He's, cause a lot of times as a player, and this is not even with on Darnold, just as a as a young guy in the NFL, it's about your time management. How are you using your time productive for you being the best guy you can be on Sunday? Uh, whether it's getting up early, getting to the weight room, extra film room, treatment, rehab, uh, you know, on and on and on, plus off the field stuff that sometimes gets in the way. You have to manage your time, and only a true pro who's been in this field, you know, third or fourth year, uh, can honestly tell you how to go about. Some guys, you know, biggest faults you know, in the league, they don't manage their time well, or sometimes they feel like they're overworked because they've been in the building for five or six hours, and then when they get home, they just kind of want to turn it off. You know, as a quarterback, there is really no off button. You're going to have to know how to manage and dissect how you go about receiving your information and doing what you have to do to be in tip-top shape. So for Josh and, and Sam, you know, they, it's kind of – you know, it's kind of like the the old Mick and uh, Rocky situation. You know, Mick <laughs> has to get Rocky for the big fight, uh, and they're going to have to kind of be joint at the hip. And, you know, when the bell rings, you know, Rock just has to perform. And so Josh knows that. Josh knows why he's there. And I think it's it's good for them two to start off on a good foot. And I think from, from what I hear, they're doing well together. Do you think they should have ever killed Mick off in the, in the Rocky series? I, I, did, <laughs> I did not appreciate that. Mick was old, man. Mick was due to go. You thought he was due to go, huh? Yeah, Mick was old. They didn't have the storylines. I mean, at that point, he didn't have too many lines that was going to wow you. It was always, always about Rocky this, Rocky that. So. And, Willie, what did you think about uh, the last Rocky? Um, oh, Rocky Balboa? Was uh, that the last what, one? No, was it Balboa? No, it was... Uh, well, there was one after that? Oh, Creed, yes. Creed was good. I don't know if Creed was a part of the Rocky one, but... Uh, Creed was good. I like Creed. Creed was, Creed was actually, I saw, it's funny, it's a funny story. Uh, I saw Creed in the movie theater with my wife, and I was standing on line, and Brandon Marshall uh, was there with his wife. Uh, we looked at each other, it was right after practice. We were like, man, what you doing there? I was like, oh, I'm going to see Creed. He's like, oh, me too. Uh, we go to the movie theater. We didn't sit next to each other. We were kind of on the opposite ends of the theater. Uh, and then the next day, we were sitting around getting ready for walkthrough. I'm like, man, how you like the movie? He was like, man, it was intense. I said, man, I got choked up. I almost cried. He was like, I cried too. Uh, and so it, it's one of those movies, Creed, that a lot of people need to go sit down and watch it. It had a, it had a good heartfelt message, and uh, obviously it got me and Hold Brandon on, Marshall hold on. So you and, you and Brandon Marshall are crying at the movie theater watching Creed? We got, we got, <laughs> a, little, we got a little choked up. Yeah, it was emotional. Yeah. Wow. I, there's, a, there's a part of the movie where, you know, his trainer's like, man, you just need to quit. You got nothing to prove. And he's like, listen, you know, I do have something to prove. I have to prove that I'm not a mistake because he's the somewhat of the bastard child of Apollo Creed. And it kind of falls in the line of the story of, you know, for me being a fourth-round guy from Hofstra getting drafted to a championship outfit like the Pittsburgh Steelers, there was a lot of guys who felt like, you know, why I started in my last two games of my rookie year and then continued to start out through my career. This, I can remember Heinz Ward looking at This is for real. Heinz Ward, one time we were in practice, because Max Starks uh, wasn't playing. I had pretty much took Max Starks' spot. He had came up to me in the huddle and was like, you know, don't be the weak link. You know, this is we are the Steelers. And, and so it kind of resonated in that regard. You know, I had to prove myself that I'm, I wasn't a mistake, that the Steelers did pick a guy who was worthy of, uh, you know, meeting a standard and being a Pittsburgh Steeler. And I think for Brandon, the same thing. And so, 
you know, even though he's probably drafted a lot higher and had a little more rocky, you know, story uh, career than to me, there's an aspect of every player that you don't want to feel like a mistake, that you belong here, that you belong in the big stage. Uh, and so that kind of it resonated with me a little bit. Listen, I, I literally cry. Uh, I get choked <laughs> up in a lot of movies, you know. <laughs> me, me too, actually. Oh, okay, so, uh, I mean, for me, and this is before your time, Greens, that this is one you should check out. I don't know if, Willie, you like this one, but Hoosiers is one of my all-time. Oh, I like Hoosiers. All-time, uh, yeah. all-time uh, classics. Yeah, Hoosiers didn't do it for me, yeah. Oh, didn't, huh? No, no way. Yeah. Well, what, what is Willie Colon's all-time tearjerker? A movie? Yeah. Oh, man. There's an old movie. It came out, I think it's early 2000s. Um, it, it was called Tears of the Sun with Bruce Willis. I don't think uh, I've ever heard of it. No. I yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a really, it's a really, really good movie. If you get a chance, watch it. I think I saw it in college, and uh, it got me choked up pretty good. So, Tears of the Sun for me. T- Tears of the Sun. So, we're going to write that down. And Yeah. And I would just say that uh, after Creed, uh, a lot of people probably thought it was allergy season when they wa- walked by Brandon Marshall <laughs> <laughs> and Willie Clone. Hey, listen, getting back to football real quick, Willie. Rick Dennison is here. He's the new offensive line coach. Uh, Jeremy Bates promoted to offensive coordinator. And yep. the book on Dennison is Zone Running System, a.k.a. the stretch play. Break it down. For folks at home, layman terms, what does that mean? Yeah, so the zone stretch system is pretty much things that are going to be moving horizontally. Uh, a lot of times zone, when I was with the, uh, the Jets and even with Pittsburgh, we ran a zone power, power system, which was a lot of pulling and a lot of, uh, you know, pretty much getting north-south. You know, I think the stretch, what it implements is a lot of guys that kind of make the defense run horizontal, find gaps. Um, obviously, they'll still do, do pulling and a lot of combination block, blocking, but if you want to see great zone block, a stretch zone blocking, pull up Terrell Davis uh, and John Elway back on their championship run uh, with Mark Slarefab guard and those guys. I mean, they ran the stretch zone like nobody's business because it's pretty much setting the front side and setting up a backside cut for the running back to kind of hit a home run out the backside. So it's a little more intricate than that, but it's good for this line. This is going to force you know the defense to kind of run sideways and, uh, and a lot of guys are trying to get to the next level when you know when you got a cut back running running like Bilal Power and Elijah McGuire, you know it could be devastating. Well, what about the terminology? Is it always difficult for a veteran offensive lineman, or maybe if you're a veteran, hey, listen, you're used to changing systems a little bit. Yeah, terminology is not. I mean, you, you'll pick it up. That's not. It's, it's more uh, the combination blocks. Make sure guys know where they need to be and understand you know the little details within that that's not hard to pick up those guys have been around each other around the game long enough to know where they're going okay willie what about sny what's next for you on sny um uh, coming up maybe in, in training yeah camp? so i'll be doing the jets pre and post game uh every sunday this season and uh, the jets game plan on thursday and uh we do the podcast which we got coming up in a little bit uh we're talking on jets news and, and, and hypotheticals and uh, kind of just digging inside the Jets. You can find me and Jonas Schwartz. It's called the Jet Stream. But it's good. We have fun. We, you know, we we talk crazy jet noise, and uh, me and Jonas go back and forth and argue with each other about should Darnold start, should he not, and things like that. And uh, you know, we're having a good time doing it. Who, who's dressing you on SNY? I always like to check you out to see. Man, I yeah. tell you a tip. Anytime you want to get dressed nice, and you want to look good on camera, just keep the lights on. That's yep. it. Oh yeah, keep the lights on. <laughs> yeah, t- yeah, you don't want to get dressed in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there, there's the.
the tip, the advice. <laughs> nah, I like I like Willie Greenspan. He he brings it. He brings it. I, I appreciate. Uh, it. I try uh, to bring the big. I try to bring the big man check you back. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you do, <laughs> Willie. We really enjoyed having you on, and we'll be catching up soon, buddy. Thank you, guys. You guys be good. Big Willie and Brandon Marshall at the movie theaters. Yeah, how about that? Well, what do you think if you're rolling out of the movie theater and you saw these two guys crying? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen Creed, so maybe I would feel similarly. But what? This is so odd. I mean, to me, you're a sports guy. Well, you well wa- no, you this, watch this is what the- happens. This is what happens. It goes out in the theaters. Yeah. I'm like the only one of my friends that wants to go out and see movies in the theaters. Yeah. And so then I got to wait for it to come out, and by that time I forget about it. Yeah. But I want to see it, and in fact, I'm going to look for it when I get home tonight on TV. It probably won't be there, and I'm going to have to do something. You know, I didn't I dive too much into it, though. The other thing that really surprised me, he didn't. He was like no on Hoosiers. Yeah, that he, was a little strange. He didn't even think about that. Yeah, that, that was quick. No, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. I don't need Hoosiers uh, in my life. I don't. I don't know. Maybe Gene Hackman. Maybe he had some bad memories have a, with Gene you Hackman. Have a, is that your favorite sports movie, Hoosiers? I don't no, you're know definitely a miracle guy because you like hockey. No, a miracle's a good one. The 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 one that is frequently played. Maybe you you come home after being out all Saturday, like I was. It, turn on the TV, flipping through the stations. Remember the Titans. Uh, uh, that's the one that uh, popped in my mind too. Uh, remember the Titans. Is, is, that's pretty good, and the soundtrack is just amazing. Okay, so a lot of classic songs in there. Never can go wrong with Denzel. And speaking of Denzel. I think he's got another play coming up on Broadway. Have you ever, since Greens, you live in the city, have you ever had a chance to see Denzel Washington live? Not, I have not seen him live yeah. in high school. It was a requirement for one of my classes to go watch two plays yeah. every semester and write up like a report on each of them. But I have never seen Denzel, no. Speaking of the city and live entertainment and things like that, how about Jets 360? 13 Emmy nominations. Tyler Pino got an award for sports editing. So cheers to him. And our group uh, also took home an Emmy overall. So that that was cool. It was just nice to be nominated 13 times as well. But... uh, uh, there's a lot of exciting things going it is. on and, here, and bigger stuff to content. come yes. in 2018. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, but uh, really happy for Willie on a personal level because he was one of my favorite guys to cover inside the locker room mm-hmm. greens because he was a go-to guy. He uh, meaning, and you know what this means from our perspective is he's a guy. If you needed a quote, he'll give it to you. He's going to think about his answer. He is also a big team guy, meaning he never put another teammate under the bus. He was a guy who was really part of the group, not just the offensive line, but the entire locker room. He gave you a temperature where everybody was at all the time. Great personality. He brought a lot on the football field, brought a lot to the locker room, but I think he brings a lot to life, and he's one of my favorite guys out there, Willie. And I, I'm so happy for him. He's doing the bar stool. He, now the stoolies love him. He's got SNY going. He's doing his own podcast he's talking about before. And I think he's a natural in this space. Is that someone, when he was here, you had envisioned this type of post-career Certain, life for him? 100%. Hundred percent. Yeah, no doubt. Because it's funny because the guy that he was at the movies not with, but they were there together, is Brandon Marshall, and he's someone else that right. seems that he's going to have a career in the media after he's done playing. Well, speaking of B. Marsh, it's going to be interesting to see if his career resumes here on the field. I know 
he had a recent visit mm-hmm. with Seattle. Maybe he tries to hook up there with Russell Wilson, and you know, uh, well wishes to him. But uh, yeah, I always saw it with Willie because, like I said, very smart too. It's not just he was an X's and O's guy. Back in the day, I think people used to consider folks dumb jocks. Well, all you do is play football. No, and and, and what. Your world and the technological advances have brought upon us is that we're seeing how well-versed guys are in so many different areas. Um, you know, not only recent retirees, but guys who play. And speaking of guys who play, Jamal Adams' social account. Do you think he runs that thing himself? <laughs> I don't know, but it's running wild. I'll Man, tell there, you what. There I, are a lot of posts. I, I don't. I don't know because he's, he's, he was talking about a Q&A on YouTube, so I would feel like, you know, I, I don't feel like most players do that. Maybe, and obviously maybe he came up we're with We're not accusing him of anything. No, I'm, just, I'm saying, just wondering I'm because just saying, he's so active. He's so active. And, to, I mean, the and YouTube he's funny. thing strikes me. He is funny. The YouTube thing strikes me because that to me seems like, a, you know, an external move. Right. Like, yeah, you know, a different, a different channel other than your Twitter and your Snapchat and your Instagram. I'll tell you, and that's something we've discussed for the 2018 yearbook is taking a little snapshot of some of Jamal Adams' social posts via Twitter or Instagram throughout the off season because it's been very he's been a very interesting follow no doubt about it he's got a monstrous personality and I'll tell you what some of our social guys might have to give him part of their paycheck because they're retweeting him a lot they are retweeting him a lot <laughs> but he said, yeah, for all we'll the see. doubters. Yeah, <laughs> he's all about the haters and he's all about the memes. It's great. Yeah. He, yeah. he covers a wide range of topics. Um, let me see. Instagram account, if I can recall off the top of my head, is President Mall. And then Twitter is The Adams Era. So okay. he, he's different on both accounts. But if you search Jamal Adams, I'm pretty sure it'll come up regardless. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You have any uh, parting words before uh, we depart here no. on the official Jets podcast? No. Uh, what Willie brought to the table I really liked, and, and even in a small snapshot, getting an offensive lineman's perspective on where the Jets are going as far as uh, Rick Dennison this year in the zone running game and the stretch play, I think that's kind of went under the radar because, of course, the Jets moved up in the draft and they got Sam Darnold, and a lot of people think that this guy could be this organization's quarterback for 15 years maybe maybe beyond that he's only 20 years old with that being said there's a lot of other little things going on here and we'll have to watch how the offensive line adapts to Denison's system that's all we have here for this installment of the official Jets podcast again you can follow EA at E Allen Jets on Twitter you can follow me E Greenberg Jets and uh, make sure to rate us review us leave us with comments questions, concerns, whatever you want to comment, please do. And uh, per Willie's advice, EA and I are going to go get a brew and a cigar.